You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network covering the team, but this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome in. A special thank you to anyone who's checking out the show for the first time. It's a very exciting time because we're going to do our dive into free agency because we have it coming up here Next week, we're going to be seeing all sorts of people getting signed to non-official deals before the actual league year opens up, so we have a lot to talk about there. Special thank you to all of our loyal fans as well, coming back and checking in on us. And of course, if you don't already, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get the show. So one of the things that we are going to be talking about today, or the main thing we're going to be talking about today, is Daniel Popper's six biggest needs for the Chargers as far as positions in free agency. And the way we kind of want to do this today is we're going to go through his needs talk about whether we agree with the placement of them and things like that. And then we're also going to get into guys that we like that could come in and fill those positions. So we're going to be talking about filling positions at edge rusher, cornerback, offensive tackle, offensive guard, basically the entire offensive line because Daniel Popper has that as his you know biggest needs for the team. So a lot of guys we're going to be getting into today and we're going to be starting in the first segment, counting it down from six to one. So we're going to start with the tight end position in the cornerback position, which may be a little bit rated too low. So let's go ahead and get into it. Daniel Popper, who's the Chargers beat writer from The Athletic, has come out with his six biggest needs for the Chargers in free agency. And I want to talk about these needs and then get into some players that could potentially fill those needs. And we're going to be starting with a couple of positions that are very much in flux. And Daniel Popper talks about that as well, because The cornerback and tight end position for the Chargers could change dramatically by the time we hit the opening of free agency because with the tight ends who we're going to start with, if you're not able to sign Hunter Henry, obviously that's a much bigger need. If you're not able to sign Michael Davis at corner, it's a much bigger need, David. But whether or not the team brings back Hunter Henry, I think either puts tight end on this list or doesn't because if they bring back Hunter Henry, I don't even think that tight end is possibly a must need for this team if it's a multi-year extension. If it's a franchise tag, which he says might not be likely because of the huge cap hit it would be in 2021, then maybe you want to bring in his successor or groom someone to take over for him eventually. But I do think that tight end with Hunter Henry isn't as much of a need. It becomes a big need if you don't bring him back. Yeah, because I don't think there's really anybody on the roster that has the same type of complete game that you bring to the table. I mean, there's not guys on the roster that can pass catch and block and pass block and just does everything regarding to position very well. Hunter Henry does that. And so, you know, if you don't have Hunter Henry, then you potentially have to bring in two guys. I mean, a, a pass catching guy, because I don't know if you believe in Donald Parham or Steven Anderson or believe they have the skill sets that's would make them ready to be the number one and number two guys. I think if you don't bring back Hunter Henry, then you have a lot of work to do. I mean, fortunately there is some options out there, but I mean, I think you definitely want to bring back Hunter Henry. Um, He's young. He can have that chemistry with Justin Herbert. 
And, you know, it seemed like towards the end of the year they were starting to, to click a little bit. So I think the priority for the Chargers is to bring Hunter Henry back, but we'll have to see. I think we're all waiting around. I think all the teams in the NFL right now, along with the Chargers, are waiting around to see what that salary cap number is going to be. Yeah, and there's not a lot of options as far as tight ends go. I mean, there are a few that could make sense. I mean, if you're trying to go for a younger guy who just seems to be scratching his potential, I think Jonu Smith is a guy that's very intriguing as far as the physical ability, a guy who scored eight touchdowns last year, definitely trailed off down the stretch, but showed the ability that he can do it, right? And I think that Hunter Henry at this point, I don't know if the Chargers are going to be able to bring him back. I mean, hopefully if the salary cap gets solidified, they can sign him or extend them potentially extend him potentially before the free agency window opens, but it's hard to say that's going to happen right now. And the franchise tag seems a little bit unlikely because of the cap number, but another couple of guys because of relationships that you could see the Chargers potentially target if they miss out on Hunter Henry would be Gerald Everett because of his time with the Rams last year under Sean McVay's offense and being able to see him up close and personal. We don't know how he feels about him, but the other guy would be Jared Cook. And that has to do with Joe Lombardi who spent last year in new Orleans the last couple of years in New Orleans with Joe Lombardi, if they were looking for some sort of band-aid, maybe Jared Cook is the guy they want to bring in for a short-term fill-in situation. So there are a couple of cheaper options out there than Hunter Henry, but I do think Hunter Henry's the best option, which also makes him such a high target for a lot of teams when that free agency period opens up. So he's going to have a long list of suitors, and the Chargers are going to have to hope that they can bring him back and not have to totally get into a bidding war and break the bank. I think the only way that gets done is if you get him re-signed before the free agency period opens. But the next item on the list here at number five for as far as Chargers free agency needs is cornerback. And this is another one, David, where Hey, if you cut Casey Hayward, this becomes a way bigger need, probably moves up this list a little bit. If you're unable to retain Michael Davis, this becomes an absolutely huge need, maybe becomes, you know, number three or number two need on the team because now your best corner from last year is not going to be coming back. So I think this one's huge. And I do think that there's a lot of names on free agency that can make sense in different capacities as far as short term deals long-term deals as far as younger guys or trying to go with proven veterans. There's some guys out there, but if the Chargers want the ability to cut Casey Hayward and save that cap money, if they want to give themselves some assurances, if they aren't able to retain Michael Davis, that could make this a huge need. It absolutely could. And if I'm the Chargers, I'm doing everything I can to get Michael Davis re-signed. And if I do that, then I feel a lot more comfortable getting rid of Casey Hayward or cutting him and saving all that money against the cap and maybe reinvesting that into somebody who is younger at that position. So that, for me, I think has to be the game plan. But there are there is definitely guys all across the spectrum out there that could help in free agency at that position. So like uh, one guy that stood, stood out to me right away was William Jackson, the third from the Bengals he's only 28 years old he is was very productive when he was healthy out there Troy Hill another guy who's 29 years old coming over from the Rams so there's some familiarity there with coach Daly and then another one just might be a little off the wall but he's a little older and I don't really like the age range but Richard Sherman I I think the just listening to the conversation between Brandon Staley and Richard Sherman I think there was some playful flirting there and uh, you know he's an outside corner he would be kind of a, a player coach a coach on the field if you will bring some veteran leadership especially if the Chargers decide 
might decide to part ways with Casey, Casey Hayward, I could see this as an addition as well. Yeah, and I think that at this point, Richard Sherman would still be cheaper than what the Chargers are going to pay Casey Hayward Jr. in 2021. So, I mean, in that sense, I think it makes sense. But I think right now, Michael Davis, for me, is number one as far as the priorities for this team to bring back. Then, if you decide to cut a guy like Casey Hayward Jr., then you can look into replacing him on the outside while also still, at that point, bringing in someone in the draft to you know be groomed under Chris Harris Jr. and Michael Davis and whoever you bring in in the veteran free agency market because the Chargers still, even if they bring in front-end starting players in free agency at the position, the age there is still very real. And especially for Chris Harris Jr., who will be on the last year of his contract, you have to have some backup plans there. You also have to have a backup plan for guys that have been injured in the past. So I do think there's a lot of work to be done there. I know a lot of fans have talked about, you know, Jason Verrett potentially coming back. I don't know if that would make sense given the fact that I don't know if you'd have a starting job unless you cut Casey Hayward Jr. Then maybe it does. But even then, that's a big time risk as far as him being able to stay healthy. I think the Rams ties make a lot of sense, if, whether it's Troy Hill and them putting in an offer to him and his agent potentially, or even Darius Williams, who's a restricted free agent for the Rams. If they want to put in an offer sheet on him, I think that could make sense too. And we'll see what that tender looks like. If they want to put like a second round tender on it, then it would be pretty hard. But from what I have heard, at least it seems like those are two guys the Rams are trying very hard to bring back. I would take Michael Davis over most of this class in free agency at cornerback, especially because he's so young, just kind of scratching his potential. But even then, there is still a pretty big need at corner. But we do have two more segments to get into because I think the next need is probably not even as much of a need as corner is right now. We're going to be talking about edge rushers and also centers coming up in the next segment right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. And right now, guys, it's the best time to get in on the game because it's March Madness. I mean, even when I hear that music playing on CBS, I mean, you just get that feeling that it's the best time to bet of the year. And right now, you guys should get in with betonline.ag because you don't only have to bet on March Madness and basketball. I mean, you can still bet on NFL futures. You can put bets on the Chargers and what their chances are to win the AFC West or even the Super Bowl next year. You could probably get some pretty decent odds on that. But if you want to bet, the only place to do it is betonline.ag. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code Locked on all caps, one word for some free money to bet with at betonline.ag when you get that 50% welcome bonus. All right, well, it's time to get into the next two biggest needs for the Chargers. Needs number four and three for the team, according to the Athletics' Daniel Popper. I think we agree with the list so far. I mean, tight end and cornerback, especially depending on what happens with Michael Davis and Hunter Henry, could be really big needs for the team. But These positions are also very big needs as well. And edge rusher is one that's pretty interesting going into the season because you feel pretty good about two edge rushers, as Daniel Popper puts in here. You feel good about Joey Bosa. You feel good about Uchenna Nwosu. But both of those guys have had injury history with Uchenna Nwosu. You haven't really seen any sustained success. But Daniel Popper thinks that what they should be looking for is potentially a rotational piece to come in and be that third edge rusher and be a third guy who can get pressure. I mean... For me, David, I definitely think this team needs a third pass rusher because that's also a guy you could potentially get in there on obvious passing downs and just to have another threat to help ease up the attention that is going to go to guys like Uchenna and Wosu and mainly Joey Bosa. 
No question about it. I mean, we, we saw the last couple of years that when Joey Bosa gets hurt, there's really not many options behind him. And if you want to be successful on defense in the NFL, you need to have multiple guys from many different angles that can get after the quarterback. And unfortunately, the Chargers have not been doing that at a good enough rate lately. So uh, definitely a huge need. I think a couple of guys that make a lot of sense for, for me, if you're going to go big money and in, invest some serious coin into that position. Then you look at Leonard Floyd, who's 28 from the Rams, another connection there between himself having one of the best seasons of his career under Brandon Staley and that number one defense with the Rams. And then a guy who, you know, it's kind of like that rotational pass rusher who is kind of like a, a guy you're going to take a flyer on, uh, is still young and still has some potential, had 13 sacks his first year as Tack McKinley. He's only 25 years old. Yeah, he's had a couple of down years, but I still think there's some some tools to work with there. If you just get his mind right and maybe get him in front of the right coach who will you know help translate that talent into success on the field, I think Tack McKinley could be a real uh, buy-low candidate that has the potential to really reward you. Yeah, I liked him a lot coming out of the draft, and I think a guy like that, you know, would go in the way that Brandon Staley kind of went when they ended up bringing in Leonard Floyd last year. I mean... That's the problem with Leonard Floyd is now you're getting him after you've seen what he could do in the right system and given the right coaching, which he had last year with Brandon Staley. And now the price just went up, right? So primarily what you would love to be able to do is to bring in a mid-level guy like that, bring in someone that you could get, you know, on the downswing that you think could bounce back and then, you know, reap the fruits of that labor from Brandon Staley and this coaching staff taking that guy to the next level. So I think Tack McKinley would do great there. Obviously, a guy like Carlos Dunlap was just released from the Seahawks. He still has some game left in him. He could make some sense as another guy who could come in and be a pass rusher on a situational basis at his age and just be an all-around solid player, which he was still able to do last year with the Seahawks. So Leonard Floyd, I think it'll be very interesting to see what that price is. There's guys like Bud Dupree and some more expensive options I'm not even really looking at. Melvin Ingram at this point, especially if he gets anything above $10 million, as Daniel Popper suggests that he might, as far as annual average value, it's hard to see that making sense at this point, given the Chargers' other needs, but it is a big need. I do think that best case scenario, you're signing one of those mid-level guys who can be a rotational piece and in the draft, and Daniel Popper says that maybe one of those two third-round picks goes towards it, but bringing in another young guy to groom and potentially add to this pass rush will be huge. But the other need on this is the start of the needs at offensive line, and it's not going to be the end of them. And this is the center position. And Dan Feeney, even though he has a mullet, even though you know he's one of Justin Herbert's best friends, I think he has to go, right? I mean, I, I love him, but at the same if time... If he was he a real friend, good. Daniel, <laughs> if he was a real friend, then he would have protected Justin Herbert better and opened up more holes for his other friend, Austin Eckler. Yeah, I mean, opening up holes was definitely not something the Chargers were great at last year. And I think that the one name that everyone seems to be targeting in on David here is Corey Lindsley. And I think we've talked about it before, but if there was a position player that you felt like the Chargers should spend premier money on, maybe it's Corey Lindsley because maybe you can sign some middle of the road guys at the other positions and address some other things in the draft, but really nailing down the centerpiece of your offensive line has to be a huge priority. And even though there's some other names available that I'll get to, Corey Lindsley obviously is at the very top of the list. 
he is at the top of the list. And the Chargers do like a veteran mentality or a veteran approach in the middle of their offensive line. If you remember, they brought in Mike Pouncey a couple of years ago because you know he became available. He was a late cut, and the Chargers swooped in and brought him in. And for the 2018 season, he came in and played very, very well. And Coy Lindsley, I mean, he might give you a little bit of of pause because the last time you brought in a Green Bay offensive lineman, he was only playing 40% of the snaps last year. Although when he did play, Brian Belaga was pretty good. So Corey Lindsley, uh, on the other hand, has been mostly healthy in his NFL career. And yes, he is the top prized possession of the offseason as far as the center position is concerned. And I would love if the Chargers were able to bring him on. And I think that's a guy, if you sign him, you just feel great about it. You know, you plug him, you plug him in and you're like, okay, I know the middle of my offensive line is secure. I love the veteran presence there, his ability to communicate, and you want uh, you want that experience in the middle protecting your rookie quarterback. So yes, he's definitely the number one guy on the list. But I think another guy who you know, if he if you potentially miss out on Lindsley, that you could that you could jump on is Austin Ryder, who was the center for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's 29 years old, still got some youth on his side. Played really really well um, when he did get asked to come in and play. So I think he would be a good option if the top tier centers were all taken up. Yeah, it's a group of names that if you're looking at, you know, top 100 free agents or something like that, you're not going to see a lot of centers pop up just because of, you know, what that position is thought of not being as important as guard or tackle. But that also means the price tag will be a little bit lower as well. And there are some guys, especially just guys, I mean, the Chargers can absolutely improve the center position during this free agency class. Even if they don't get Corey Lindsley, I mean, Alex Mack, from the Falcons, if you're looking for a short-term option and having Scott Questenberry back him up, or maybe you target a guy like Quinn Mainers or one of the later interior offensive linemen to groom and take over the center potentially, or eventually, I should say, if you can find a guy like Alex Mack who's older but can still produce, then there's guys like Nick Martin who the Texans released. I mean, he's not the best center in the league, but he's obviously much better than what we've seen in the past from Dan Feeney and even Mike Pouncey the last time we saw him. And then the other one I would say is David Andrews, who I think the Patriots will try to bring back, but he's been super solid for them as Tom Brady center. Obviously, he's very experienced in 12 games last year. He only allowed 12 pressures in two sacks, and I think that he would be another really nice option if the Chargers were really prioritizing that position and didn't get Lindsley. He would be the guy I'm looking at and say, hey, how do I bring that guy in? But we Take do, one back for Adrian Phillips. Yeah, exactly. Do it for Adrian Phillips, for them stealing Phillips. But I do think there are some options there. It might not be the sexiest names that get you very excited because Corey Lindsley, obviously there's a ton of teams that could use help on the offensive line. He's going to be a lot of their top priorities. So it might be a pipe dream to think the Chargers are just going to get in there just because it makes so much sense and do it. But they have options if they aren't able to get him to. They can improve that position, and they should be doing that not just in free agency but in the draft as well. But we do have the two biggest needs that the Chargers need to address in free agency. I can let you guess what the position group they are going to be playing in is. I mean, I think we all know we've you know covered one part of it, but there's two more parts of it that we have to get into. So we're going to finish up our free agency needs and some guys the Chargers could bring in to help those positions coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that when you're dealing with any kind of auto problems, one of the biggest things you have to do is make sure when you order your part for your car that you're getting the right price. And the place to do that is rockauto.com. If you take your car to a mechanic, they're going to tell you that the price might be, you know, $500 per se, right? And I would always, in those instances, 
take out your phone, go to rockauto.com and make sure that you're getting the best price on that part and not just letting someone tell you that's the best price for that part. And the best part is they'll deliver it right to your house. You just go on the website, rockauto.com, put in the type of car you have. You can do it in just a few easy clicks. You can find the part that you need and you can give it delivered right to your house. You don't have to go to any store to go get it. It's the most convenient way to do it. And it's also, in my experience, is the cheapest way to get any kind of part that you need for your car. Whether you're looking for motor oil, new carpet, brake parts, or even tail lamps, you can find it all at Rock Auto. And all you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, well, now it's time to get into the Chargers' two biggest needs in free agency, and I think I'm going to agree with it just because both of these positions are along the Chargers' offensive line and for Daniel Popper. All three of the offensive line positions, tackle, guard, and center, all pop up as the Chargers' three biggest needs going into this free agency. But let's start with the guard position because... As we have heard, Trey Turner is likely to be either traded or released, and we think it's more than likely going to be released. What that means, though, is that you're not going to have either of your starting guards from 2020 under contract for 2021. Maybe that's not a bad thing, right? I mean, the Chargers had the worst offensive line in football last year. I do think there will be someone from their class last year as far as one of those offensive linemen, whether it's Dan Feeney, Sam Tevy, or Forrest Lamp will be brought back, but I think the Chargers could improve at all of those positions, frankly, and I think that they will try to during this upcoming free agency class. But David, the guard position, I think at this point, you're going to have to bring in some sort of veteran guard, right? And I think there's a lot of guys you can get excited about there. And you're going to have to bring in, you know, a rookie guard in the upcoming draft and also try to, you know, potentially bring in some depth there as well. Well, the question is, is where do you spend your money at? Where do you spend your big money? Do you want to spend it at tackle? Do you want to spend it at guard? Do you want to spend it at center? But they can't spend all of their free agency money on the offensive line. There are other needs, but that's the question. I mean, if you look at the guard position, there's two guys that are at the top that are probably going to get paid a hell of a lot of money. That's Joe Thune and obviously Brandon Sheriff. I don't know if the Chargers are going to be in on those guys. Obviously, it would be a boon if they were able to sign one of them that you feel really great about that. I mean, if you bring him in, but that might mean you don't get Lindsley at center. So it just depends on what you do. But I think at the guard position, I like going for a veteran option that just got let go a little bit ago by the name of Gabe Jackson. I mean, we talked to Gabe, we talked about Gabe Jackson before he's only 29 years old, played for the Raiders was very, very healthy, was very consistent, uh, a nasty type of player who is a road grader, who is pretty good in pass protection as well. It doesn't need to be a huge improvement to be an improvement uh, like Daniel said the Chargers offensive line and the guard play was very subpar last year so if they get a guy who's just a good pro to come in and just be there and be consistent for 16 or 17 games or more then I think you'd be really happy with what you get with Gabe Jackson yeah and he would be an absolute improvement at the position and he would still only fill one of the starting spots that you're going to have to fill right so the Chargers are going to have to do some work here they're going to have to probably take some mid-tier free agents at some positions and then you know spend big on other positions because they do still have to try to bring back Michael Davis and Hunter Henry like you were talking about. They can't spend all their money there, but there's a good chance you could bring in a Corey Lindsley and a guy like Gabe Jackson, right? And a guy that I would keep an eye on, especially due to ties 
with the coaching staff would have to be Larry Warford because he's a guy that opted out of the 2020 season after getting released super last minute by the Saints. And he's a guy that has a lot of familiarity with Joe Lombardi, the Chargers' new offensive coordinator. So I think that fit makes way too much sense. He's coming off of a season where he didn't play. I think he could be had on a very decent contract. I don't think they're going to be in play for the cup, you know, the two top guards that you were talking about on the market right now. So if you were able to bring in, you know, a combination of Corey Lindsley and Larry Warford in free agency. Now that at least mitigates the huge needs that you have on the offensive line. Now you still have a guard position that you have to fill. You still have a tackle position on the left side that you have to fill. And maybe you'd have to bring in another free agent for that. We'll get into it. But at the same time, that's two guys that you feel like you're going to not only get improvements on from your last offensive line and the incarnation that we saw in 2020, but you're also going to get guys that you feel like you could bring in at decent at a decent price. And now you have a more targeted focus when it comes to the draft and finding other guys that might come in on the really cheap. So I do love the fit with Larry Warford, and I think it would make a lot of sense. And I do think whether it's him or anyone else, I mean, there's a lot of upgrades on the offensive line the Chargers can look at. John Feliciano is another guy that would be a big upgrade. I think he might price himself out of what the Chargers well, are looking and- for. And there's going to be so many more options here when the salary cap gets announced and teams really know what number they need to get under. There's going to be so many more cap casualties because there. So there's going to be many other options. I think this is a great offseason for the Chargers to be in good, healthy cap space, and they're going to definitely take advantage. I think so, too. And I think that you have to get a couple of them probably signed before you're going to see the true effects of these cap casualties, because, I mean, some of them could happen later on in free agency just because guys are getting released doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be this week or next week right I mean I think for the Chargers you could see what you get in at corner in free agency while you still technically have Casey Hayward under contract and you can you know see what you get before you decide to cut him or whatever you end up deciding to do with him so we'll see what the timeline is on that but yes Many more guys that aren't available will become available at some point. And it could even be at this position, which Daniel Popper has is the number one need for the charge and free agency. And it's offensive tackle. And I think one of the biggest reasons that this is the number one need is not only because the left tackle position is fully vacated right now with Sam Tevy headed into unrestricted free agency, but you don't even really necessarily know what you're going to get from Brian Bulaga at this point. I mean, I it's going to be too big of a cap hit for you to cut Brian Bulaga. And if you did him and Trey Turner, I mean, you literally have to rebuild the Chargers' entire offensive line, David. But you need a backup plan for Brian Bulaga. And it's hard to say Trey Pipkins or Storm Norton is that at this point, even though you feel okay with them as depth. You still need that starter on the left side as well. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love Brian Bulaga, you just can't feel comfortable with the idea of him going out there and playing 16 games, can you? I just don't think you know that he's been able to really show that consistently throughout his career. It's just injuries are something you're going to have to put up with him. Unfortunately, it's just part of the package of Brian Bilaga. So yes, the Chargers need to bring back other guys. I wouldn't be mad if they brought back Sam Tevy and Storm Norton. I think both those guys, especially with Sam Tevy, i got to give him his credit. He played much better at left tackle than 
any of us anticipated. So I, I give him credit for putting the work in there and, and playing fairly well. And Storm Norton, I think, uh, I thought as the season got got on and he played more and more at right tackle, he was pretty serviceable there as well. And I think he's only going to get better with more opportunities to play at this level. But uh, yes, offensive tackle is the number one priority for sure. They need to bring in guys that are going to be able to protect Justin Herbert and give him time to go out there and do, and do what he does. I think a couple guys that could help, I mean, Taylor Moton, probably not going to go out there, but if he does, that would be a crazy option to sign him. It would cost a lot of money. Uh, It would be a a very splashy pick. Probably not something the Chargers would probably do because that's just not who they are. But I think some under-the-radar guys, Kelvin Beecham could be an option. I I like that uh, as an idea for a contract that's not going to break the bank and also a guy I've talked about before with Villanueva the offensive tackle of the Pittsburgh Steelers who's going to be a free agent I mean yeah he's 32 years old but not a lot of tread on the tires he's a guy who has played very consistently and he's probably going to earn some money but it's not going to be as much if it's not it's not going to be as much money as some of the younger guys yeah and with Taylor Maton I mean he is expected to get franchise tag at least according to the the reports and that's obviously a smart move for them keeping him on that offensive line that could use some improvement as well but I think that yes there are some band-aid guys that you can go out there and get you could obviously take a tackle at 13 depending on what's available or you could you know go for one of the top guys like Trent Williams and I don't think anyone thinks that's going to happen at this point I think I saw the average annual value with that is somewhere around 18 million dollars per season but if you cut Casey Haber Jr. If you cut Trey Turner, that opens up another, you know, 20-ish million dollars in salary cap. Now you're sitting at about 40 million, according to Daniel Popper, and over the cap. So maybe you could structure it in a way where you can mitigate that 2021 cap hit and put some of that money on the back end where, you know, you could get out of it potentially if he's not living up to it. But as far as a scheme fit, a guy that, you know, would fit in either the Saints offense or the 49ers offense, and we think that's what this team is going to be taking things from, given that the quarterback's coach is Shane Day and given that the offensive coordinator is Joe Lombardi. Trent Williams, it's hard to see him on the market and be like, hey, the Chargers could fix that position finally at left tackle with a guy like that, maybe open themselves up to taking Elijah Vera Tucker and playing him at guard potentially and having him be, you know, the potential right tackle of the future as well. I mean, it would open up some other avenues for you, but at the same time, then it makes it harder to get Corey Lindsley. Then it makes it harder to re-sign Michael Davis, Hunter Henry potentially. And obviously there's some big needs, but that would be the best person to bring in. In my mind, I just don't necessarily think it's likely. I do think there are some guys out there you could get serviceable play from and still upgrade that position while you know, potentially bringing in a future replacement or the future left tackle of the franchise with the 13th overall pick, which is what I'm hoping they do. I think that they should pretty much sell out for offensive tackle at 13 at this point. I think they'll have a couple of guys there that can get the job done and be, you know, on their rookie contract as well and give you some flexibility in that sense. But I do think this is a pretty complete list by Daniel Popper. David, if you wanted to quickly get into some of the spots that he missed that you think would also be big needs for the Chargers as far as positions he didn't cover here what would you say yeah I think you look at special teams right away you want to bring in guys that are going to help contribute to improve one of the worst special teams units in the NFL that specialists punters kickers holders guys that are on coverage teams also a coverage linebacker could be something the Chargers could look at considering that's where the defenses are going around the NFL right now and I just don't think there's guys on the roster that you feel really good about as far as coverage is concerned so I mean just 
and those are a couple of positions I think you know not including the ones on this list that I would look to uh, try to impact as well. And I think that safety is a bigger need than a lot of people think it is too. And I do think that's going to be a need for them. I do think they'll probably, you know, go after someone in the draft, a younger guy too. But I do think that John Johnson obviously would be a big need filled for them, especially, you know, with the uncertainty in Rayshon Jenkins, he'd be a better version of that. And he's already played well under Brandon Staley. And then the backup quarterback position as well. With only Easton Stick on the roster right now, I do think that is a big need. With some, you know, decent players out there that you come in and have a veteran mentor that could come in and potentially go 500 for you if you were to ever need it. So I think those are a couple of positions too, I would say those are needs. So, I mean, I think you can tell, I mean, the Chargers have holes all along this roster and they have a lot of things that they're going to have to fill going into the season. Yes, some are much more important than others. But a lot of things could be solidified and we're going to see how, you know, Brandon Staley and this new coaching staff working with Tom Telesco can go get that done. But I would agree with Daniel Popper right now. The three biggest needs that you have are the three positions along the offensive line and the four spots you have to fill before the 2021 season starts along the line. So that'll be interesting to see how they go about it. And we're going to get into a deeper dive on some of these guys as well. So throughout the rest of the week, we might get into, you know, all of the center prospects, all of the guard prospects, all the tackle prospects that we like, as well as positions on the defensive side. And we'll also, you know, get into some low key free agents some bargain free agents that could potentially be out there and come at a lower cost, maybe a more realistic cost for what the Chargers have currently in salary cap space. So we'll be getting into free agency the rest of the week, but that is going to do it for today's show. Until tomorrow, guys, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page LockedOnChargers, as well as giving us a follow on our new Instagram page at LockedOnChargers. We would really appreciate it. If you guys want to get on the voicemails and tell us what free agents that you are interested in, the number is 323-524-7924, and we're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. Make sure if you don't already to subscribe to us, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify with the daily format. That's the fastest and easiest way to get the show. And we're going to continue to have all the latest free agency news and Chargers news coming to you guys. But that's going to do it for today's show. Not exactly sure what the schedule is going to be for the rest of the week, but we'll talk to you guys soon. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.